0: Alright, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? I am Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Got kind of a double header today. Yeah. My old buddy Sam Cedar from the Majority Report is gonna be here. Back in the day, we had a show, a streaming internet show before anyone streamed the internet. Way ahead of the curve. But uh, he's the host of the Majority Report with Sam Cedar. Airs live Monday through Friday at noon Eastern on Majority.fm. It's also available as a podcast. Sam Cedar will be here shortly. It's always nice to see Sam in a difficult way. It's difficult and nice to see Sam. There's usually some tension, but I don't think it's there as much anymore. I think we're both uh, older and maybe a little more humbled by the great wheel. The great wheel of time and life, humbled by the wheel. Can you dig it? My second guest today is Bassam Youssef. Uh, if you're not familiar with that name, Bassam Youssef is—he uh, was a surgeon in Egypt who started doing a YouTube show and he eventually became the most popular television personality in Egypt doing what people called the Egyptian Daily Show. Eventually he had to flee the country for speaking out against the government. Yep. That's what that happened and now he's here in LA going on auditions. Life of a, of a rebel is tough. It's tough. Doesn't get easier. So what else? Los Angeles. Folks, people here. If you want to hear me and Brendan talk about Waiting for the Punch and other inside stuff about the podcast, this is your one chance. We're going to be at the Ann and Jerry Moss Theater at the Herb Alpert Educational Village in Santa Monica on Sunday, October 29th at 7 p.m., one night only, Los Angeles. Go to LiveTalksLA.org to get tickets or go to the tour page of WTFPod.com. You can get a ticket and a book for a bundle price, or just get a ticket and bring the copy of the book you already have. We'll talk, we'll answer questions, we'll sign all your stuff, and we'll hang out. That's Sunday, October 29th. Go to LiveTalksLA.org or WTFPod.com. Can you dig it? I don't know why that, you know, why am I doing that? Why am I doing that old bit from the movie The Warriors. I've got... There's no plan to it. There's no agenda to it. Why am I giddy? Terrified and giddy. I do have a couple emails I'll read. We got a pretty good loaded show. I don't need to ramble too long. I need to drive this into a ditch or spiral down my the hole of self and drag you guys with me. I hope you're holding up all right. Uh, I don't know. Either, either things are going to change. In the midterms where we've all got to start learning how to love Jesus. All right, two emails. I'll read them to you. Subject line, your balls. How am I not going to open that up? How am I not going to pop that open? I'm a 49-year-old widow. I am training for my second half marathon in Brooklyn, New York. Of course, I listen to what the fuck while I run because why not? I think things which come out of your mouth. I vibe with what you have to say as well as your interviews until today. In the middle of a six-mile run, in the middle of a very orthodox neighborhood, I listened to your intro to the Tom Colicchio interview. The story of you getting attacked by your cat Big Head because you were naked was hilarious. Laughed so hard and loudly. I truly wish there was a way that my Hasidic brothers knew that I was laughing at your exposed balls when they're not even supposed to make eye contact with me. Thank you for always making my run significantly more enjoyable. By the way, I included the part being a widow in case any of your male listeners want to date me. Lock the gates, Karen. I'm not going to tell my male listeners, that, you know, that all right. Karen, if they if they can get you on if they can find you on the information that I have uh, I've shared then maybe either they're they're truly in love. They may be desperate or uh, they might be quite frightening. Maybe all of the above. Here's another email. Subject line, Satan. Hello, Mark, Brendan, WTF people. My name is Peyton. I'm a 24-year-old musician based out of Florence, Alabama, Muscle Shoals. I love your podcast and keep up with everything you do because I identify with you on some deep level and I love comedy, interviews with people I do and don't know about, and music, all of which you seem to enjoy too. Anyways, I'm listening to the newest episode now, and I just heard what you said about Trump being Satan and the evangelicals making a deal with him. I think you're absolutely right about that. I'm a Christian myself. I don't really consider myself an evangelical because there are some very negative things that go along with that, but I do consider myself a believer in Jesus Christ. That being said, I think old Donnie is a good example of the Dark Lord if I've ever seen one. I just wanted to reassure you, that not all of us Jesus people support this fool that has somehow become our leader. I believe in you, and I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. I'll continue to support you as long as possible. Keep it up, man. Peyton. Thank you, Peyton. Glad to hear from a Jesus believer who sees Satan the way I do. Obviously, I'm not a full-on Satan guy. Obviously, we're talking about comic book land, the, the sort of, Uh, illustrated metaphysical the the mythological metaphysical the the uh, the ornate and elaborate metaphysical one version of it but it is compelling it is compelling making monsters is compelling identifying monsters is compelling and satisfying having them reveal themselves to be honest to god fucking monsters satisfying and terrifying fact is a lot of monsters out a lot of fucking monsters out so sam cedar what i already told you a bit about sammy uh the part where we're airing today is all about how to deal with the news every day in this climate and since sam does political news every day he was out in la and it was a good idea to have him back on and he's a true friend and uh, he, uh, I find him very entertaining, even when he's not being intentionally entertaining. This is me and Sam Cedar. Is that too loud? You good? No, that's pretty good. You know how to do it.
1: Yeah, I have this exact same distro box. You do? Yeah.
0: Is that what you call it, a distro box?
1: Well, a distribution.
0: Oh, I call it a. I thought it was like a just headphone a, box, a headphone mixer, or something. That's fine. Distro box.
1: Well, I don't know if it's called that. I may have made it up.
0: So, Sam, what are you doing in Los Angeles?
1: I'm actually uh, out here for a surprise birthday party oh. for a friend of mine.
0: Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And is that, did it happen yet? No. Oh, the, but I guess
1: it's not live, so he's not going
0: to, he's no, going to not out here. tonight. I'm sure he doesn't. Charlie. Oh, Charlie Fisher? Yeah. He's turning 53? No, 50. 50. Yeah. How old are you now? I'm just 50. You're just 50? Yeah. Really? I'm a little younger than you. you. Is that not apparent? When did you turn 50? Last year. Oh, how do you feel? Old. Yeah? Yeah. Well, let's let's get some of the... I had one of the best softball
1: games of my life the other day, though. You didn't and... hurt yourself? No, I'm, I haven't been able to play for two weeks.
0: <laughs> I talked to another friend, my old friend Lance, and he keeps injuring himself at softball, and I'm like, maybe it's over. I can't even walk maybe, anymore. Maybe it's not the... Maybe it's over. I was done
1: in by my own success. I yeah. had like two home runs. Yeah, and now I can't walk anymore because I had to run around the bases.
0: But you're a hero to
1: many. Uh, I mean, uh, I had my day. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't been able to come back.
0: Who do you play with?
1: Uh, just guys in in, uh, in Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn. in Brooklyn. Yeah, in Prospect Park.
0: So wait, so you got the place in Brooklyn, and you got the the uh, the, so, uh, the farm, the farm up there. Yeah, more or less. And you go uh, up there on weekends. Yeah, uh less you know not as much as we used to. And how are the children? How's uh, uh Saul and uh Mila? S- Myla? Uh
1: Mila's uh 11, but I I mean, you know, going on 16, which is do classic. You s- do you thing. speak to her? She um <laughs> she will complain to me when I cut off her access uh her data. Oh, really? Uh, yeah.
0: It's at an 11? Oh,
1: dude. What? it's such a nightmare what did you let them do well you (laughs) know she walks 20 minutes to school right and so uh, gave her a phone should have been a flip phone
0: yeah and um but you can't do that right because she'll get there and the other kids will have the other phone and then you're
1: it's a different world I mean you know she spends a lot of time on it but she still does her homework and you know I don't know my parents told me don't watch so much TV and just about every dollar I've made was a function just about everything I've done yeah is in some
0: way related to TV, right? So I'm not gonna. So I don't. you think you're creating a tech genius? Is that is that was that the logic that like let her on the phone? No, I'm
1: just saying, like you know, I, I if she does what she's supposed to do,
0: yeah, then it's okay. If
1: you know, uh, it's
0: it's a social thing, for but it's right, different. but but it's just texting usually and like what Snapchat or whatever,
1: Snapchat, Instagram, I don't know, you I don't mean, know all
0: those. Well, I do know. I think she tried to follow me on Instagram.
1: Yeah, she may have.
0: Yeah. I, I, I didn't I didn't do it.
1: Well, she probably decided like, what's the point?
0: Yeah, well, I don't barely use she it. She wasn't that impressed. And I there was nothing impressive about. But uh, she
1: listened to a couple of your podcasts. And was like, man, <laughs> I'm gonna listen yeah. to Joe Rogan. Are you still doing one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still I, every day. Actually, in fact, I even from out here, I called in to my own
0: show today. Do you have a co-host that works with you?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, he's um, he's he fills in for me, um, well, you know, once a week, more or less, and um, in more, you know, I do like a free half, and then yeah. a and a and a, and a member half and the member half tends to be funnier and he yeah. is um he's very funny i mean he's also very knowledgeable about politics but he's also very funny michael so, brooks but now and, but
0: th- i have to assume that uh, that now is like uh like now there now that there's seemingly almost no way out of the shit we're in now that this must be just uh, I- incredibly uh, uh rich for you i if
1: you know what it's actually the uh, uh, there's a lot more people listening yeah um and it's activated a lot of people but it was honestly the last thing well aside from obviously from for the country yeah um it, i it's it's not what i wanted to do
0: <laughs> yeah
1: you know to go back to where we were you know in 1968 well, no but i mean i'm talking about <laughs> professionally oh, right. speaking right. in terms right. of the show to where it's just like talking about how bad donald trump is
0: and the republicans and the conspiracies and the you know the yeah, lying I mean, and i don't
1: and- even go through that so much it's just like it was get there was a very there's the the left has is is different than it was 15 years ago
0: in in a better way or worse in a
1: better way uh in some in, in most ways better in some yeah. ways you know not so great yeah. but um like there was a lot of ideas that we're starting to develop. And they're still going on now. It's just that they're, you know, the debate about, um, uh, you know, a UBI, which is a universal basic income versus a job guarantee is sort of been sidelined a little bit it still exists but right but that's not what there's bigger problems yeah and but you know i was gearing up prior to the election for like okay there's going to be a huge antitrust push and 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 no monopolize you know we're going to attack monopolies <laughs> and yeah. this is going to be a, a, another fight between sort of like the the center center left and the left yeah and um now it's just a fight for the actual
0: democracy
1: well i mean the funny thing is that the, it's still going on yeah And it's just, um, in its, uh, in some ways, just as intense. Yeah. And it's um, a fight for, um, and and part of it intersects with like, should you be talking, you know, this the the Russia stuff or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's. It's interesting, but it's also just very difficult to sort of navigate from my perspective because I don't...
0: The, the, you mean the, the, the arguments within the left as to what to prioritize?
1: That's what I wanted to talk about.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: But now it's sort of like, oh, I'm going to ignore the fact that like, oh, the head of, Intelli- of, of the FBI says just got fired because he's been investigating. Yeah. The tr- well, I don't think I can avoid talking about that. That would be weird. <laughs> That would be weird.
2: Do yeah, that's a politics a smoke show. That's yeah, a smoke right. screen. Don't
1: get distracted. <laughs> we have by to, the fact that yeah. the president's under investigation, or don't get distracted by the fact that like he's going to NATO and literally acting like like a chi- like a child, like like
0: a like a like a toddler. I didn't watch that video where he pushed some guy aside. Yeah, he pushed. Well, there's there's two elements to it. Yeah. One is he's so.
1: Everybody knows this. Yeah. He's insane. Yeah. But he pushed aside the, uh, I think it's the prime minister of Montenegro. Right, yeah. Like shoved him out of the way. And of the, like he's he could a look new at, guy.
0: Shoved the new guy out of the yeah. way.
1: It, it, so that he could be out in front of the group that is there and it was it's funny just from like a like an interpersonal thing like the the the, the Prime Minister of Montenegro sort of like turned and thought like he it was like a joke yeah and he tried to put his arm around him and he realized like oh my god running, this guy's gunning for the front but then there's also this other like sort of the the next level is and I don't know if I buy into this because I just don't think that Trump has this level of situational awareness that this prime Minister of Montenegro was supposedly the um I believe it's something to the effect of a target of a coup that was supposedly orchestrated by by Putin.
0: Yeah, and he fought Putin.
1: And right. and so I don't know if Donald Trump is like, I'm going to shove him out the
0: way. That's the weird thing is that like both on the left and, you know, the right have their own sort of, uh, you know, conspiratorial analysis of things. And he he puts out so much information, so much contradictory information, so much insanity that like there's enough there for you to connect dots that may not be there. But but it's sort of like, oh, it's like. And
1: this is a normal tendency. I mean, I think, you know, this Uh, your dad and and I had a little bit of this with my dad a little bit and i don't the
0: where narcissism?
1: you try <laughs> no where you try and rationalize yeah stuff that is just not necessarily rational right and but you as a uh, not a crazy person just try and put it in some type of order like right. there has to be some yeah. reason why this is happening yeah and and it's possible that it, it's just there is no reason why it's happening. It's just that the guy, you know, it's untreated syphilis. Yeah. And <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Which has actually been a- Is that uh, one of them going around? There was a there was a, a piece by a doctor uh, in the New Republic. Really? Yeah. A guy named Boitler, who was a, a, a journalist father, who just said, basically the piece is like, and this was like in January. Yeah. Like, uh, listen, I'm not a partisan- it's very important that his doctor tr- check him for syphilis because it can apparently go away and lie dormant for like twenty years yeah. and come back and give you some type Make of making like neuropathy. Yeah, yeah,
0: and uh, that's his theory. But you were saying that, like, you, you know, you, you you talk to your child like like you would talk to Trump, like you would <laughs> the, the the Montenegro thing, like uh, you you see like when I go and drop
1: Saul off it, <laughs> At preschool yeah like you see them like okay it's lineup time and you yeah. see them shove each other and do that exact same thing you just say like Saul, it's okay you can be number three you know you don't how does he take it i mean uh pretty well for you know for like a three or four year old yeah
0: um but like on a day-to-day basis like you're in it and like you know i i you know to, to my fault have uh got, was pretty detached throughout the, the obama years and you know kind of like doing what you know one of the i'm reasons- fascinated by how you still are
1: sort of like defensive and are project on some measure of judgment to onto who? me the world that you're not doing enough in terms of politics
0: yeah oh yeah i still do yeah
1: yeah i'm fascinated by that why I just find it fascinating. Yeah, because like I, like I was it.
0: like it was not really my forte to begin with, but like I still feel guilty every day. Yeah, I'm yeah. impressed by that. Yeah, it's uh, it's gotten it's gotten harder because I don't think I was ever very good at talking about it. I, I think you know that I came into it as a novice and not very uh, you know savvy, and I reacted. I'm, I'm a good reactor and if you load me up i can you know i can certainly you know be compelling but but i i didn't i feel like you're better at it i think rachel's better at there's plenty chris there're plenty of people who are better at it and more knowledgeable than me yeah and like and, and i get i immediately get to a tone that is completely uh, uh, repelling to almost everybody so so that's one of the reasons so that was one of the big decisions so now i just sit in in a certain amount of uh, 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 you know, kind of terrified paralysis.
1: Well, I mean, I think everybody is. Yeah. Some, I mean, it, it's, it's,
0: people are,
1: my sense is that there are people who are sort of like taking a step back now and they're not as
0: the, the same level of intensity. Brendan literally had to draw a line at some point because I was like texting him and like needing explanation for everything. He's like, hey man, everyone's going through this. I can't. <laughs> oh, I hear from people, I get texted a lot from people who like, I don't even think knew
1: Six months ago, that I did a daily political talk show for <laughs> ten years, and now like I get like You're, literally like a text what's every half an hour. Now? Yeah, or just like, did you see this latest? Yeah. I mean, like, now like I have. It? I mean, what's weird is that when we were on Air America, yeah, I would go to parties, yeah, not many, but like like a dinner party or something, and I would know so much more about what was going on politically yeah and everybody at that table yeah. like to the point where it was just it was like, weird like, like what I are I was you guys li- doing now it feels like everyone's on everyone our- has is like completely as immersed and that's a good thing i think that's a good thing you know i think some people i would prefer that people are more interested in Stuff that is like the politics versus the intrigue.
0: Right, and, and also versus sort of like damage control. Like, what do we do to fix it as opposed to like, you know, what ideas need to move I mean, move damage forward.
1: and co- control is important, but there's a big fight right now on the left is like, how do you fight Donald Trump? Do you fight Donald Trump by saying that he's a horrible human being and- um, and that he's bringing about a fascist America, or do you also need to sort of say, like, hey, here's a different vision for what America can be, and, uh-huh. you know, in terms of, like, right. single-payer health care. Where, where do you stand? I mean, I think both are effective from yeah. an electoral standpoint, yeah. and, 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 and uh, it depends on who the constituency is, and, but it's a hard thing to not slide into one or the other
0: what do you do like do you know how you're 50 but you have two kids so it's different than me do you know how to um do you do do you enjoy things no uh, i don't (laughs) i spend
1: i i am particularly like you know i i think i was starting to look forward to that like i wanted to branch out yeah but the whole trump thing really has made my life so narrow now that i'm constantly updating because i feel like people i take my job very seriously yeah and um i feel like i've got to know about what's going on and so much of it is stuff that i'm not terribly uh, keyed into but Hmm. like you know to read now about what's going on with the fcc like with sinclair media uh right you know yeah stuff that is like yeah Nobody hearing this knows what I'm talking about.
0: I, I, I do because like I have been keeping up more than like I do have I still have the weird um, like I can get in back into the narrative pretty easily from being at Air America yeah. at the beginning for so long. Like and I, I know like I can keep these different trajectories sort of going. So I I know the impact of right. that and how horrible it could be. But like then I don't know where to go with that other than just p- paralysis and and terror. So like for me, what's happening is like you have no outlet for it. Well, I mean, I could, but I. What am I going to say? Like, but oh, no, you here's, don't have an outlet. Here is another I reason. Think, I don't think you'd want to do this show. No, that I don't. Way. Of course, I not. Don't. And, and I. And frankly, I think, neither I, would your audience. No, but also there is the fact that, like, I don't have any answers. What, what do? You, what am I going to tell people to do? Uh, make some phone calls. Uh, maybe write a senator. You know what? You know, like, I mean, other than be aware, what, what do you do? Well, I mean,
1: awareness is is uh, important. And I mean, you can go and and sort of I- I get activated. There's a lot of like grassroots stuff that's sure. that's developing now. Yeah. But yeah, no, there's not. There's no. There's no silver bullet. I mean, <laughs>
0: no, no. There's not. You know, um, you gonna need a lot of them. You're gonna need like a like a, a full magazine.
1: If somebody has a hotline <laughs> to the guy who gives out heart attacks. <laughs>
0: Um, but do you like, cause I'm finding that with me, like I, 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 really feel an urgency to, to, to all of a sudden, like, you, you know, enjoy things, I, which is no way to enjoy things with a, a sort of desperation, a panic. I, well, I feel like I'm drinking more mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, like I'm just coming back to the, to the, you know, the, 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 the place where I say to my kids, like, no, you can't have
0: candy for breakfast. <laughs>
1: You know, because at first you're just like, whatever, just eat whatever you want.
0: I I mean. In the first few months of his presidency, you're like, like, where do you want to, you want to go out by yourself? How old are you? Six? Go Go ahead. You'll be all right. Go. Just,
1: (laughs) do you remember where we live? Um, (laughs) We do more comedy now. Yeah. I mean, uh, on the the show. Do you have funny people come on? On, on fridays like i have kindler come on to, yeah. to rail on stuff and yeah. judy gold sometimes oh, comes on and i comedians come on i've asked you uh, yeah. you have not responded to my text i didn't no i don't think so
0: i think i did i, I i've been busy i'm, I'm no, in the summer more i'll you know i'll come on friday that's no okay. you're pulling I, the offer
1: well i'm not it's not an open offer it was a specific <laughs> friday that someone had canceled
2: <laughs>
0: yeah that's good um yeah
1: but it's interesting because in this space now there's like there's a lot more political podcasts than there were uh, six months ago. And I like and, that and, use and of the
0: word space in the space that we occupy. Well, the podcast space, the y- political podcast yeah, space is yeah, getting glutted. Of, it's glutted.
1: No, I don't know. That it's glutted, but
0: it's a bunch of different ones. Do you I mean, have any respect for any of them?
1: Um, my, I the really the only other podcast i listen to that is about politics is uh Chapo Trap House yeah and um they i think they perceive themselves as more uh comedy supposedly more comedy maybe than than but it's but it's political comedy yeah, right. and it's um they're younger i mean they're you know that's the thing it's like you see all this technology and uh i I think it's much harder to be younger now. To yeah. be honest with you, in in many respects. Uh but I'm envious of that YouTube exists and that um podcasts exist at the beginning of of, of their careers on some level because you know, I if I didn't do a daily show when in in, in 2010 or 11 when yeah. I started mine, it wouldn't have worked because my that's what my audience expectations were. Right. And uh to do like two shows a week that I actually produce and plan, right, right, and um, is something like, oh, I would like to do that, but I don't know that my audience is interested in that. I mean, I and 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 I don't know if I could get into that rhythm again. You know, I, you know, to to circle it back, I think like the the idea that people are presented with a vision of what government and society should be like i mean there's a lot of i think a lot of like the data shit that you see yeah. with uh younger people yeah. i mean just in general yeah. is a function of we have to raise our productivity because uh we're falling behind here so yeah. i have to figure out how to make every moment i have in my day um function towards my maintenance of my lifestyle or you yeah. know just make sure that i can afford to to get sick
0: yeah Ugh. That's, that's a good it. way to end yeah. Yeah. Do Good you want luck, to eat? I do. Um, what, what are you eating? I don't know. Lunch? Right. But like, are you healthy? Or are you not healthy? You want Mexican? Or you want kind of- uh, Oh, uh, bourbon. Bour- <laughs> we'll go find yeah, you no. some bourbon. <laughs> Good talking to you, buddy. Nice talk to you. That was me and old Sammy. As I said, you can uh, you can hear Sammy on the majority report. You can get it at majority.fm. Okay, it's on at noon every day, live, noon Eastern. Uh, it's also available as a podcast. That was Sam Cedar, the lovely Sam Cedar. Bossam Youssef. It's the first time I've met the guy. Uh, there's a documentary about him called Tickling Giants. It's available on iTunes and Amazon, as well as at ticklinggiants.com. It premieres on STARS December 18th. He stopped by. Interesting story when a surgeon becomes a comedian. Always, always surprising, but uh, his story is definitely unique. This is me and Bossam Youssef. So you're living here now? Yes. Full time? Yeah you uh like it seems at the end of the documentary that you were you were at uh, you were in Harvard square
3: yeah I was at Harvard university I was actually uh there uh, as a um, an associate uh, an um what do you call it? i was I was ta- I was teaching there for a semester
0: oh really so that was your first stop I mean when you when you when you uh no uh, so
3: at that moment flee you fleed I did flee but i flee, I flee to dubai Okay, and then I stayed there for a year and three months. In, in within this year and three months, I went to Harvard. Okay, and I thought that I would stay in Dubai, and then uh, I found out that, like, to stay in the Middle East, there is no way for me to express what I want to say, uh, because everything was off the table politically, and I would only stay there. I have to do uh, mindless comedy that doesn't actually talk about issues or medicine. Of course, uh, <laughs> there's but, always the heart surgeon uh, uh, thing. Uh, uh, yeah, I always have that. But then I left, so I decided to uh, uh, a year and a half ago. I decided to leave the Middle East altogether and just come here.
0: Now, what kind? What's your status?
3: Oh, I'm a um, green card. Green card. Yeah.
0: So it's a, it's sort of interesting. I I, uh, to, I I mean to get I wasn't familiar completely with the story. I remember hearing about it. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, I know John Stewart. Um, personally, we're not great, but I, I, you know, I started out with him in New York. So I, I know uh, all that, uh, what the, the show is modeled on. But I think what fascinated me, outside of whatever's going on with you now, which I'm curious about, was, you know, right at the beginning of the story, uh, you, you know, you, you kind of make a point to, to tell us that, um, you know, Mubarak you know, was in power most of your life.
3: Absolutely, thirty years.
0: Now, what fascinated me only because we have you know a, an a- attempted authoritarian authoritarian government happening here. Well, what was sort of fascinated me was that you seem like a, a sophisticated, uh, well-rounded person, and it seems like people living under Mubarak that there were there was a cultural uh, community in Egypt. It was it was fairly uh, there you know outside of politics. It seemed like everything was functioning, you know, in terms of arts and things like that.
3: Yeah, I mean, like dictators are everywhere. I mean, oh, I know. Yeah, it, yeah. you're it, it just like it's because you guys are not used to that because you started as it's a republic. It's new to us. You, you need so, uh, for example, if you, I, I, if you are a European, yeah, it's like oh yeah, yeah, we know how is this. Like, That's I was, right. I and mean, how in our history we had. I mean, like uh, look under Hitler, look sure under Mussolini, uh, I mean Franco, but, I mean uh, industry, uh, yeah, arts, yeah amazing. I mean, of course, some of the arts had to be censored, but... Or gu- or uh, politically propaganda. But dictatorships yeah. are generally pretty much functioning. Yeah. Not like the way that you want them functioning, but for many, it is functioning. And for many, you will be allowed to have arts and you'll be allowed to have some sort of freedom of expression within the realms of what the, the state would consider acceptable. Uh, and uh, for us, I mean... Uh, what should we do should we leave our lives and our livelihood and just go into the streets and revolt we never thought that would be is possible until 2011 right
0: so but when you were when you were a kid and when you you went into your you were successful heart surgeon yes yep like you you know how to do that
3: uh, uh, To what? To go to the streets? No, to, to be a heart surgeon. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, because I'm a nerd. <laughs> I am a freaking nerd. This is what we do.
0: Yeah, I know. But you
3: committed to, like, you went through a lot of years of medical school. Yeah. And you did. Now, in, in Egypt. Because, because in Egypt, if you're not an engineer or a me- or a medical doctor, you don't count really for your parents oh for your parents always so yeah. pressure yeah of, absolutely yeah and you have a. Do you think i went to medicine because of passion Fuck that well <laughs> <Look>, come on <laughs> i mean it, it
0: is important i mean you know you know saving lives is not a bad thing yeah 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 oh! <laughs> you really resent medicine
3: no i don't i don't resent medicine i resent the lifestyle
0: now when but you as a practice you know as a as a doctor um how did it work in egypt were you were you able to make a lot
3: of money is it the same here i mean did you No, in egypt to make a lot of money as a doctor you especially in medic in heart surgeon health surgery you don't really see any money until your 40s Uh uh-huh and it's a very long path and it's not uh and the system is just horrible uh the health system the health system the health system how it works and there it is uh, it is basically a no system yeah and what does uh, that mean I, I mean here in th- in the united states there is a path yeah you know that you're going to be a resident yeah. then you're going to be an attending then you're going to be there and you know that like if you're good you know that you are find somewhere yeah to host you as a doctor and you can totally depend on your work in the hospital and that will provide for you yeah there you have to hustle yeah you have to it's all about it's more of a business more than actually a, a practice it is you have to hustle your private practices and you have to uh a portion of your uh, life you'll have to be like doing in in your clinic and then you go to this hospital and do to, to that hospital you have to work three four five hospitals at the same time in order to provide
0: oh man mm-hmm. so so now okay so you're just going along your life you have you have a, a one child at that time it seemed and uh no you, my child came
3: 2012
0: oh okay mm. so and you guys were just living under mubarak and that was just the way things were it wasn't yes.
3: great uh you, you but you knew what was up it was a very slow painful decay but it was okay
0: what compelled the uh the initial uh the riots what 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 what's was it was it economically was was Egypt faltering. I don't know the history.
3: Well, uh, well, the thing is, uh, the, the well, everybody was inspired by what happened in Tunisia. Yeah, they revolted against Ben Ali. Ben Ali, the, their dictator, and fled, and kind of like it made everybody hungry. Yeah, but even in after that, the the demonstrations in Egypt didn't start as we want to get rid of Mubarak. It was they wanted to get rid of the minister of police because of police brutality. Uh huh. And when the first wave in 25th of January was oppressed by, uh, g- uh, by, by the police and by the bullets and by the gas, yeah, it turned automatically to, all right, we want Mubarak down. So as the, the regime was slow to respond, the expectations of the protesters increased. And then it became a sit-in and became like, all right, no Mub- uh, like Mubarak or bust, basically. And uh, and and Mubarak was had to step down after eighteen but,
0: days, but but not with not before you know shooting people.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. like a, ma- t- maybe a thousand people duck was were killed in the streets. Yeah,
0: just gunned down by Mubarak's. Police. No,
3: l- less than th- less than, maybe four hundred. I can't yeah. remember the numbers of the eighteen days, but, but like the, uh, a lot of people were gunned down.
0: And and the gassing and the the beating and it, it just it, but but it was not stoppable. It's not stoppable. No. And when that happened for you as a doctor, what was your first? You you know what was your first impulse was I mean, I mean because you were you were you were okay you were set you know you were working Ma- and
3: many of the people who actually led the demonstrations were okay yeah. they were financially very independent yeah they were more educated than others they mm-hmm. were they had more awareness than others <clears throat> and uh, this is why when people say why do you want to revolt you're doing okay it's like yeah but the country was not doing okay and uh, and this is why change has to come from People who are aware and and can provide for themselves because they they go for the ideology of things, not because of the necessity of having more food. Right? Because if that was the thing, I'll give you more food, and it's 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 done. Problem solved. So, uh, as a doctor, I mean, I we we under Mubarak, everybody kind of like accepted it as like a matter of fact, but when you see, oh, my God, can we actually live without Mubarak? So we got excited. Yeah. Uh, during the 18 days, my role was just limited to being a guy who would go to the makeshift clinic in Tahrir Square and try to fix the wounds and just, like, stitch people up. Yeah. I was not a guy who would in the front uh, lines throwing rocks because I, um, I have a very bad aim.
0: <laughs> it Was that it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you had a purpose, and you were helping people, and you yeah. were,
0: yeah. So, when Mubarak did resign, you know people were ecstatic.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but they didn't
0: really know what would
3: happen next. There was no manual, yeah, there was no manual for what would happen next, and because of for thirty years, the political life was basically at standstill. yeah, there was no dynamic of what does it mean to be political, so the only people who were ready were the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh-huh. And the Muslim Brotherhood were a very good pick for the military who were basically ran everything because both of them are on, the, on the conservative side. So there was as if there was some sort of an unwritten agreement between them is like, you know what? You do whatever you want as military, still control yourself cuz only you have your autonomy, nobody yeah. will come close to you. Right. And we can control the people, which is pretty much like Pakistan. Uh-huh. And what would this is what we were worried about that we were turned into a Pakistan, and uh, which means what specifically? A, which a, means a, that the, the military ruled the country and the Islamists ruled the streets, right? Uh, and uh, a, a, and then a, a, a couple of years under the Islamists, a year in the parliament and a year in presidency of Morsi of Morsi, yeah. The the it just uh, people were fed up with the Islamists, because they were just like push pushing pushing their conservative agenda more and more i know that like Amer- when americans l- hear about islamist rule the first thing that comes to them is sharia law right it's, it's not like that it is creating the atmosphere of uh we, we are because we are Islamists, we're better than you and because we are islamists we are going to uh, crack down of what of the secular values that many people want
0: well, oh so they're righteous and they have a moral code that is yeah. islam
3: yeah they will never come to you i mean like i mean to be fair the islam the muslim brotherhood will never say oh, we're gonna go and behead people in the streets they will not, not gonna say this no, however it just, just sort of happens what it just sort of starts happening no no they will <laughs> never say that but, but the thing is again it is about like what is right and what is wrong, right. and the, the the fact that they would uni- unite with the more radical people, which is the Salafis, which is the pretty much the Uber Muslims. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I mean, my, my my own interpretation is that the army was happy with that. It's like, you know what? Like, yeah. I mean, like, as if we're getting our thing. But I think what happened is that I think the army and the, the Muslim Brotherhood have their, started to have their differences yeah. on who to, the, to run the, the country economically.
0: Right. And, it, and it, the weird thing is, is that, like, you know, I kept watching this in light of, uh you know what's happening in america and and also having you know been through bush and the power of of the the sort of christian right i mean there there is a faction within this country mm-hmm. that believes in the same sort of righteousness yeah and that it must be
3: applied yeah to culture but for the for here they will st- they will stop at short at abortion and gay rights Mm -hmm. In Egypt Or in the Arab world in general It will be more than this It will be The the minimum age of marriage It will be uh, What is Forbidden or not It will be Cracking down on Freedom of expression However To complete the story Because Like If you're talking about This about the Islamists Is the military A better option So the military took over And the military Is still a very Conservative institution And The uh, it's uh, right and wrong by the gun. Uh, right and wrong by the gun and still using religious uh, right. uh, uh, like justifications. Right, right. Uh, but it's just like, oh, our Islam is better than their Islam. Right. But uh, during, under, even under Mubarak, the, the supposedly secular leader, and under Sisi, the supposedly secular military dictator, there are so, so many people who have been jailed and persecuted, because they tried to uh, inf- um, spread religious reforms, there are so many people who spoke uh, in order to reform the the radical narratives, and they were either being sent to exile or jailed, persecuted. Uh, it, it they weren't it was not the people with the the beard and the right. uh, and 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 the religious cloth cloth that were doing that it was the military and the police
0: because they saw that the
3: Islamists had a structure through which to keep the people in line because no it's simply because if I'm a military dictator and you come and start to question yeah. things in religion oh yeah. you, so today you're gonna start to question religion tomorrow you're gonna question me right so for them religion, is always a first line of defense. And this, this if you look to the, um, the, the the arc of military dictatorships in the Arab world, even the Islamic world, that's not new. Sadat, who was like America's best friend, 1980s, he was the, the one who actually put in Sharia law not sharia sharia as the source of legislation in the egyptian constitution 1980 in order to have unlimited times of re-election it was the al-haq in pakistan who turned the constitution in an islamic constitution in order to pa- to get the, the the to be on the good side of the radicals in the streets in pakistan to protect him against the, the army and still didn't protect him it was Jafar nimmeri in 1988 i guess, i guess who, after a failed, uh, 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 a long failed uh, policies of military dictatorship, d- couldn't find anything that works other than turning the whole country into a Sharia-abiding Islamic uh, republic. Right. It is always it, 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 the 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 religious narrative and the religious enforcement enforcement is what dictatorship always do as a, to a, protect a, themselves to protect themselves
0: this is good information for us in yes. america right so, now so
3: <laughs> it's always people think oh we are afraid of those <laughs> like religious uh, uh, fanatics we're gonna go to the military because they have to be secular they're not yeah saddam hussein and qaddafi who are supposedly secular yeah they use religion yeah big time yeah and they always use that to protect the regime so are you muslim yeah are you religious uh, I, I I prefer to keep that to myself.
0: <laughs> oh, <yeah.
3: laughs> out of fear of who? Not out of fear because I. Um, this is something that started with me in Egypt. Whenever people at, start to ask me, "Are you Muslim?" Like, why do you ask? Why Why the fuck do you care? Because I, we, we, it's a little bit sensitive back there because people want to, to see where are your, how are you affiliated to us in order so we can speak to you. It's like you should speak to me as a human being.
0: Oh, the reason I ask. Yes, is that uh,
3: you know there's this belief that there are no
0: moderate Muslims in America.
3: Oh, I can speak to that. Uh, so the idea of no moderate Muslim could be easily believed because what do you see in the news yeah and uh, and i'll be even more forward like well maybe the vast majority are not and maybe the you have statistics that would support the the narrative that uh most muslims in the world are pretty much radicalized and i would partly agree with this narrative because uh, but the, the the problem with islam is not a problem with islamic ideology or dogmatic uh, problem yeah. it is a problem of free expression and free speech because because many of the free expression and many of because many of the ideas that are more forward are oppressed not by the islamic authorities but more by like re, uh, governments you do not have this kind of con, uh, con, uh, like conversation that conservative radical islam is protected by the state yeah so you don't have this kind of conversation
0: there's no you can't be critical you can't there's no talk of reform or or anything
3: so that kind of a radicalized thought is protected so when you look at the muslims outside because they live in secular societies yeah you you have a totally different picture Mm -hmm. you will find people who can speak freely i mean like in germany just like in the past three months, there was uh, a a liberal mosque that was open in Berlin, mm-hmm. and the imams are women and gays, mm-hmm. and that's in Germany, which is so, like so.
0: You're saying that once the once the the individual is removed from the oppressive Islamist. Situation.
3: no the, no no not the oppressive Islamists. the oppressive political situation in right. general
0: okay right so
3: and because that will bring up because which sometimes y- are the same sometimes they are and sometimes they're not okay. but it's always it's always the military regime is always protecting itself with the islamic because it's it's like easier to say like how come you speak against god and uh, uh, the, then, other than how, you how come you speak against me so w- when you have that you have now an array of of ideas that they can compete in a free market. Right. And they will still be uh, rejected by the mainstream. And this is a generational issue. Mainstream and, Islam? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is why you have right now in in America and in Europe, yeah, look at the second generation, the younger Muslims, they are like totally different than their parents. Yeah. There is a big um, generational divide.
0: In terms of how they handled their yeah.
3: religion so and to bring that to the comparison between Christianity oh but Christianity got, got reformed I'm sorry Christianity was never reformed it before it, 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 Christianity it's the same Bible the same Bible the same Old Testament New Testament with all of the controversial verses of how you treat women how you beat women how you kill women if they don't obey their husbands right. but the difference was that the Christian societies evolved Right, but the scripture stayed the same. So you can have the same thing. The whole thing about like Islam could not be reformed is it is you don't need to reform Islam. You the scripture will always be there. Yeah, it is just like how societies would choose how to deal with the scripture.
0: So when now when did you get compelled? At what point in the political narrative of Egypt did you? feel like you had to, you know, speak out or that you took the opportunity to do the show?
3: Well, uh, six weeks after Mubarak stepped down, I had a friend of mine who was a YouTube uh, partner and who started, he wanted to start... Uh, it was an ongoing conversation even a year before the revolution. Where he wanted to have original Arabic content for YouTube, which yeah. at that time was not nonex- not non-existent.
0: Really? Okay.
3: Yeah. So we would start to talk about other projects, but he didn't like actually go through. But like when the revolution happened, kind of the opportunity like delivered itself. Like, why don't you do something political? It's like I want to do John Stewart because yeah. like I was a big fan of the Daily Show, and I started to do that show in my apartment once a week. Uh, in the weekend after I come back from hospital, I would do like these like YouTube videos. Segments. Yeah, so like five minutes videos. I didn't expect that like, they will have any traction. Maybe 10,000 views will be a wonderful number. And then t- four five few weeks later, I had like five million and people. And what, what was the tone of them? Was it was it just sarcasm? Was it, it was making fun of how the media brainwashed the people during the 18 days. It was like reminding people, like, this is the kind of media that was playing on television while you guys were in the streets.
0: It was sort of insane to see how crazy uh, uh, Egyptian television was. Oh
3: yeah, absolutely. Oh, this like because
0: I I didn't know what they were saying, but it, it seemed was it political all the fighting or was it you know, what?
3: A hundred percent political.
0: I mean, like literally, physical confrontations and, and people you've throwing guys,
3: chairs. And you, apparently,
0: f- it's okay to say "fuck" a lot on television. Yeah,
3: uh, uh, it? it's it's never okay. It's always beat. But the thing <laughs> is, but the, but what the the documentary didn't show is the kind of material that I used because the kind of material that I used might not be translate easily right to English. It was whatever it takes for the media to convince people that this was a conspiracy. For the media in Egypt, this was not a revolution. It was a conspiracy that was carried by the cia the Mossad, iran hezbollah and hamas all together
0: the protests
3: uh, yeah Arab all strength. of this they are like all of these people are paid operatives
0: sure they try that here too yeah yes so there's a playbook for this shit
3: uh, it is they say the playbook of the dictatorship is very slim mm-hmm. they it is the same thing it's fear-mongering it's yeah. a, it's, it's, it's 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 if you want to summarize the whole, the playbook of dictatorships and authoritarians everywhere, yeah, whether religious or military or, yeah. or, or stupid ass motherfuckers, uh, orange heads, uh, the, it all comes down to one thing: fear from the other. Yeah, I'll create an enemy. I'll make you afraid of it. I'm gonna make you f- afraid shitless of that enemy, and I'm going to push legislation and 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 uh, and policies based on that fear, and you're gonna accept it.
0: Yeah. And eventually, through repetition, people start to believe it because they're yes. scared. Yeah, absolutely. They're scared of other things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they should I, be scared of the person pushing that. But yeah. But they yeah, can't I, register. No, no, that. no.
3: They, I mean, so I was in Politicon just a few days ago, and I was in a room where a lot of like red caps were just like emerging of make America great again. Yeah. And people's like, oh, Islam, hello, you're all coming into it. It's like, guys, I mean, just like, you know, yeah, all right. Uh, guys, by the way, we're on the same side. You, don't, like all of these images that you see in the media, I mean, those people, if they see me, they kill me too. But like, you are just like what really bugs me. It's like, guys, you are here in America where you idealize individuality is an individual it's like the individual you guys worship the individual how everybody is different and how everybody should be treated different because of his own merits but you come to us and you group us we are just like the exception of the rule where everything that's happening back there, and 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 I don't even like like to say, well, we are one point seven million, one point seven billion people, and if we want to kill you, only going to be killed, and the vast majority of Muslims are peace loving. You know what? Ninety nine percent of Muslim want to kill you, but you should actually like deal us as, as if you're dealing with the one percent, mm-hmm. because like I'm, I'm I'm I really don't have to respond or have held accountable to whoever is is doing that shit. So when you have like refugee. Uh, pro- uh, problems you are already having one of the most toughest vetting processes in right. the world uh, yeah, yeah. but the other side want to tell you that it is the system is broken the system is not fucking broken
0: no they just don't want any more muslims here they have brown people in general are not yeah there. i
3: mean whether it's muslims or mexicans or whatever and and i tell them like guys discrimination does not discriminate because all right so let's say we're just like all pieces of shit muslims all of those muslims are a uh, clear and present danger what about those three Indians that were killed in the middle of America? Yeah. They were Indian Sikhs. They're not Middle Easterns. They're not Muslim. They're just brown. What about this? Uh, le, uh, do you uh, have these conversations with these guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, what about like the Lebanese Christian guy who were killed in the portion of his house because the guy's like, go back to your country. He's Lebanese. He's Christian. So, I mean. How do they respond? They, 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 they. I mean, they don't respond. They because they have nothing to say. They just oh, but Islam all to kill It's just like it's just like the same broken record. Sure. I mean, as a matter of fact, the first victim of hate crimes after nine like, eleven right? was No, was an Egyptian Christian Kopt. cop. Cop? Uh, a copt is like an orthodox Christian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 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 he was having a convenience store and he was shot in his in 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 his store. So it it doesn't stop that because like. Uh, spoiler alert we pretty much look the same
0: yeah and and when you okay so you're doing the youtube videos in your house or your partner's house what was his name tarik tarik uh, was in my house yeah it's your house mm-hmm. and you start to see the popularity you mm-hmm. start to see that that at least a good portion or well, a lot of people are responding and they they see what you're talking about so how does it move from there
3: uh, at, well, at that time, I was waiting to go to Cleveland because I was having—I uh, was actually applied and I was accepted in a pediatric heart surgery fellowship, and uh, I was waiting for the H one visas, which will be something that we don't have anymore soon. And and, and then the uh, the was, I, that, was it the Mayo Clinic? Uh, no, 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 no. It was it's the uh, the Children's Hospital in 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 in, uh, in Cleveland. Uh huh. Uh, rainbow children's hospital very very prestigious children's hospital there and when i was uh waiting for the h1 visa for the papers to come and i was waiting for uh that i was just doing this show and then i started to have offers from uh networks in egypt and then the same day i was signing the, the contract for the uh, for an egyptian network there the visa papers arrived uh-huh. and i just it was it was a choice was that a tough conversation with your wife my wife is the most supportive woman it was a tough conversation with my mom oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as a matter of fact it was not as tough as i uh I imagined it would be because as uh, any other middle eastern woman's like oh you know uh better have my uh, my friends closer my enemy closer that means that she needs her sons closer to her so yeah. uh she said fine uh, let's give it a try and uh, for her just to be around her and the same country is better for her of course. yeah so uh, i said like all right let's uh postpone this medicine thing for a year and let's take a shot
0: it's so funny i have you know I, as a comic i've known plenty of lawyers that have gone into comedy i don't think i've known many doctors i know it's a it's a rare uh and i guess you feel like you did the right thing you're still doing it yeah. so it, you know I, I i get it uh but okay, so it's a big risk on, on a lot of levels, and you take this gig. Now, there's no real precedent for a political comedy show or, in Egypt, but you seem to, f- from the documentary, it seems like you amassed a, a bunch of very uh, energetic, focused, and, and funny people to, to do this thing. How did you
3: find them? Um, it was tough because first we st- I started to hire people who were already in the business.
0: And what was that business like there? There were comedy shows in Egypt? What were they? They
3: were, but like- Very broad. We just like very boring. Yeah. And uh, I started to hire the best in the business, and I fired them after eight weeks. Because they didn't, they didn't because have the, they the just, guts, or they just couldn't do it? Because the business as usual in Egypt, the idea of hiring someone to write full-time for a show was yeah. unheard of. Yeah, yeah. Most of the uh, uh, late night shows there were just conversational talk show, very boring. Where like a a journalist who would just work part time or work full time in in a, in a newspaper and come at the end of the night as a part time to work in the right in the talk show. Okay, I uh, I demanded absolute um, dedication to the show. And
0: you're using The Daily Show as your template, as your inspiration, as the way it's supposed to
3: be done. Exactly. And people didn't understand that.
0: Why? You'd show them The Daily Show and they didn't
3: get it? They got it, but it's like it's not going to be done in Egypt. Everybody, just like everybody was putting me down. It's oh, just, just too Americanized. Dude, whatever happens in America cannot be replicated in Egypt. But
0: was it about the content? Was it about fear of the government? Or was no, it just no, about no, no,
3: no, no, no. It was. Wouldn't be funny. Uh, no, it, it's two things. So on on the level of the staff. Yeah. Uh, oh, Nobody will just work full time for a show. Uh, and uh, and for the level of the networks, it's like uh, I, uh, nobody will watch this. Yeah. And uh, when I but saw, they hired you. Yeah, they did. But uh, when I was started to demand bigger amount of money to do the daily show, the the, the, the live show. People said like, ah, oh, this is too much money. No, they, they, the the size of adver- TV advertisement in Egypt cannot support this thing. Oh, you and mean I, when he brought the audience, yeah, and I, I, yeah, I was like, you're having all of this money for a weekly show. Nobody will will come. Nobody will watch it. And then I said, if you create content, you will create market. Yeah, and nobody believed it.
0: So you do the first season at which network?
3: Uh, on TV, which is the small TV network, and, and it's we'll, called the show uh yes and i continued with the second season with the live show and which was like that was something that really disturbed uh, disrupted the scene there
0: but when you get okay so you're on tv you, you're in the the, the 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 this is when it's before is it after morsi or no
3: what? i started before morsi
0: right so it was that weird area where no one knew what was going to happen exactly. just the military
3: yes and you get but on... it was uh, the military, but with the obvious rise of the Islamic movement in the parliament.
0: Right. So you get on TV, and it's an it's an immediate success?
3: Yes. It was an immediate... It was the a first a slow success because it was a small network, and yeah. the budget was small. Right. And that was the first How many season. networks are there there? Oh, I can Maybe eight or nine. Okay. Uh, and... No, there were many, but the ones that were watched were 8 and 9. Yeah. But uh and then I started to do the second season which I started to want to look for financing and people would just think, "That's too much money. You want to rent a theater?" Yeah. Seriously? You want to get like real audience? Yeah. Ah, nobody can be behind that. We actually got a, a, like a totally like uh a piece of shit, piece of like uh, uh, theater that was like abandoned for 15 years. Uh-huh. And we spent so much money renovating it and doing it. So that's so much money. Why are you doing that? And this is the second season? Uh, that was the second season, yes. So after
0: the first season, now you're a huge celebrity. Yep. In Egypt. Yep. Everybody knows who you are. Yes. No one's ever done what you've done before. No. But are you nervous yet?
3: Oh, I'm, oh, I'm very nervous
0: all the time about what could happen to you. Yes. Because you knew that you know
3: that you maybe on borrowed time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I I was expecting, oh, when when, when will this run end? Yeah.
0: But when did like okay, so you do the first season successful, you renovate the theater, you go into the second season, you've got uh a live audience now. Mm-hmm. And at what point is uh is is Marcy Marcy
3: elected? Marcy is elected before my second season
0: launches. So now you've got a whole new set of issues. Yes. Before you were kind of, you were talking about the media, you were talking about the military and the Muslim Brotherhood and a Broadway, but now you've got a guy. I've got a president. Yeah. So now the stakes are higher. The stakes are much higher. Uh
3: Uh-huh. And and now it is now a show and the the, the size of audience is increasing. Uh Uh-huh. And I ended up after the 10th week having 30 to 40 million people watching the show. So that's not just Egypt, no. That's Egypt. That's all just Egypt. Yeah, and outside there were even more. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Uh, it was watching. So the across, Arab world, uh, the Arab world was watching. It. Everybody in in the Arab world. Was
0: it. And I imagine they're they're entertained. Their their minds are blown. But some of them are like, "He's gonna get." It.
3: Killed this uh, guy. Yeah, we people, people were just like, "Oh my god!" I mean, we never had something like this. It's that the, the, we made something. We took something that was unheard of and made it mainstream. And
0: you really did what John does in the sense that you really were taking shots at Morsi
3: day in, yeah, you know, every week. But not just Morsi. Uh, Morsi was just a representative. I took shots of the whole Islamic regime uh, and their media, mostly their media. Because for me, I'm always like, "Are right, you know what, all right, Morsi is Morsi. And the Islamic regime is Islamic regime. But what about their mouthpieces? What about their Breitbarts? Yeah. What about their Fox News? Yeah. What about their... Uh, and their, was their it, were they
0: state-owned there? Uh, Those uh, networks? The they, religious? No, like the, the, the network, the media that you're talking about. No,
3: they're privately owned. Okay. Yeah. But you find out that... But like later, all of them are is now acquired by the state with uh, shell companies.
0: Oh, that that's the way it is now, or mm-hmm. or, or was it always that way? It's
3: the, it's the way it is now.
0: Okay, so now this is where you you know things start to get hotter. Now you know now you've got an enemy, who is the president. Yep. And now I during the first year, at what point did you start? You know, actively fearing for your life, and, and in the sense of, of being disappeared or imprisoned, or or, or. I, I never had this fear, because I noticed that when in the documentary when it shows you reacting to criticism and the the anger in the streets that you seem to be kind of detached from it. I didn't know if that was real or
3: not. It was actually quite real. And uh, what is good about Sarah and how she captured this because Sarah Taxor. Sarah Taxor, the director of the of the movie, is that. I watched this movie for the first time ever uh, on the premiere of the movie in Tribeca Film Festival last year. I never saw the any
0: documentary. Th- what is it? What's the full name of the documentary?
3: Uh, Tickling Giants.
0: Yeah, Tickling Giants.
3: And uh, I was—I didn't have any expectations. I just watched there. I watched it as any other part of the audience. And I, and and, and when I saw the footage of me, as you said, pretty much detached. I was yeah. Like, oh my God. This is what I really felt. I did I didn't really care about what will happen to me because if you die you die if you killed you're killed right.
0: Is that but something I, you always felt or is that something you learned from being a heart surgeon?
3: Mm, <laughs> no, it is in the media because in the media you're very exposed. Everything that you say is out there. Yeah. I was more concerned, I was more terrified about giving a bad show. And when, and I imagine for your staff to some degree, yeah, my, yeah, I mean, just like for us. It's like I ha- we just like we were because we were just like raising the bar higher and higher and yeah. higher. And you cannot drop from that.
0: Mm-hmm. You so,
3: can't.
0: so when did the the state start coming down on you? At what point?
3: Well, there were many points. There were uh, during the Muslim Brotherhood when I was uh, there was a warrant for my arrest, and I, I had, before Morsi. No, within yeah. uh, like at actually, uh, towards the end of his presidency, the second season, mm, yeah, uh, and when I w- went to the uh, general prosecutor and I had a uh, six hours interrogation, uh, and it was funny because I felt that as if they were like asking why is this funny, which is the worst thing they can tell for a comedian, <laughs> sure, and um, uh, and then there was like uh, the tension was rising in the streets. Well, the, wait! They they would hold bits up. They would show you. bits Yeah, exactly.
0: And it was. It was it's like, like Lenny Bruce and the, when they were reading his bits. Exactly. Yeah,
3: and they. That, that was it. Exactly but they'd show, they had a TV in the courtroom uh, no, no it's not a courtroom so it was the uh, the, the office in okay. his office and this is a funny story because they had the stuff on CDs yeah and they tried to play the CDs on a very outdated 1995 uh, Windows computer uh-huh. and, uh and <laughs> and they couldn't work the CDs and I said like guys uh can let me help you yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then it didn't work and then alright we're just gonna tre- read the transcript yeah so that was. And how it.
0: did you answer those questions? Why is
3: this funny? I mean, they were. No, the, the, the question was basically, what did you mean by this? Oh. I said, like, and I said, well, I mean, I meant it exactly as it is. And because of my satire, it was basically double meaning. Yeah. So if you read it out, it's like, oh, it's so innocent. And I said, like, well, if, you, if that's the case, why are people laughing? Yeah, And I said, like, I don't know. Why don't you ask them? <laughs> <laughs>
0: so it's basic sarcasm. Yeah. So you say it in a tone. Yeah. <laughs> so they
3: hadn't watched the show. No, they do. Well, the thing is, the, the general prosecutor was doing his job. Yeah. But in the room, there were other lawyers from yeah. the general prosecutor office, and all of them were fans of the show. Uh-huh. And they were laughing their asses off uh-huh. during the investigation. And they, it was, like, surreal, like, having actually to go there as someone who is under arrest yeah and having all of these police officers and lawyers having pictures with me it was really (laughs) insane
0: (laughs) that's that's funny (laughs) because that's a you know then you kind of you really see that the streets are with you yeah yeah so you got off on that one
3: yeah i got off on the bail on bail but the pressure from the islamic government continued and usan always started to have warnings if you make fun of the president we're going to close down the show But then fast forward a few weeks after, we had the 30th of June June where the military took over. After Morsi? uh, uh, Yeah, basically they removed Morsi. And then uh, the Islamists were on the weaker side now, and they got killed in the streets. And they were, in one day, 800 people got killed by the military. Islamists? Yes. Uh, And it was a big massacre. And now I have a new power in in uh, a, new, a new power which is the military and i was popular i was the national hero who took down the muslim brotherhood the one who made fun of the president of the Islamists. so now a lot of people are dead yes. and they haven't shut you down yet and you've got a new
0: uh
3: foil yeah and now and i did one episode and that was enough to shut me down by the military
0: so you're off the air?
3: I'm off the air after one episode at, after, under the military rule. And it was funny because all of those people who were cheering me up or whatever, oh, he had it coming, you shouldn't make fun of the military. The people who were applauding me for making fun of the Islamists couldn't get a single word of criticism or joke against the military. they including people from my own family. That was an Egyptian sh- um, network who shut me down after one episode. Yeah, And then I stayed unemployed for four months. And then I went to a regional network Saudi owned. Uh-huh. Uh, and I told them, no, but, I mean, I know that you're Saudi owned, but like I will not uh, have anybody interfering in my content. And they had an, an Egyptian channel where I worked in that Egyptian channel. And uh, I, I continued for that season for 11 weeks. And I was shut down again indefinitely. After the move to the Saudi network with the Egyptian channel. Yes.
0: And that was the end? that was the end so okay so I'm just trying to you know connect it to what I saw in the documentary so now you go back on the air after your shutdown with the with the the new regional network mm. uh, you've you've held your line on being able to say what you want to say there was that episode where they scrambled your signal two episodes and that was you know after you signed with that, the Saudi that's on the regional network, yes so and it, it's pretty clear that that was done intentionally by oh, the military Uh, and then you're, so now you, you're, you're dealing with protesters out front,
3: right? Yeah. People coming and they're all stage protests. They are like stuff that are pushed by the military intelligence. It's like very, it's a very old technique that they always use. It's just like fake protests that go in so to show that the people yeah. are against what I'm saying. Of course, there are a lot of people who kind of hated me for what I'm saying now, but they wouldn't just like go in and burn. I
0: was guns. surprised at how many uh, older women yelling yes. and screaming and throwing they're the all, finger.
3: They're all paid by the government. Oh, yeah. All of them are paid. And we had footage of them appearing in similar protests to, to kind of like, Push a certain agenda or narrative. Oh, so they've got a whole crew. They are like professionals. Yeah, they're 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 uh, angry extras. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I th- I think the the military could be uh, uh, the best casting agencies out there.
0: <laughs> the, what was what was profound to me is that you know dis, you, uh, despite the propaganda and and you know these paid extras. It did seem like a lot of people, I don't know if it was out of fear or just uh, the lack of stability, uh, or whether it was because it was Egypt, that there that, that seemed to be a lot of people that wanted to be th- uh, under authoritarian.
3: Well, you, ha- you cannot really look at Egypt in, in, a, in a vacuum. I mean, Yeah. So here's the, the media narrative. If we don't do this, look to what happened to Iraq, Syria, and Libya. Look to the countries around us. We are the last standing Arab army. They are coming for us. If you look at what's happening in Syria, look to ISIS, yeah. look to Libya. Do you want your country ruled by militias? Democracy means chaos. Right. So they already have pretty much a good point. I mean, look yeah. to, look to the other countries around us. Look, this is how the Arab Spring are spoiling the people. I know, around but those
0: us. were all dictatorships. I know. So they're still vulnerable, even if they say, look what happened. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter.
3: To the people that are scared, they'll be like... That's it doesn't matter. I mean, are you talking logic now? Right. <laughs> I mean, are you it, trying it, to be logical? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, under fear, logic, let alone satire, is not accepted.
0: Right. So, so your fight to continue to say what you wanted to say and do it the way you wanted to do it, which was not... The funny thing is, it wasn't angry. It wasn't violent. It was satire. And it was... I think that in some ways it's harder for them to deal with that because they they actually don't always know why people are laughing.
3: Yeah, I mean, because here's the thing. Laughter is the greatest uh, threat to them because these authoritarian regimes build their legitimacy on two major things. Respect and fear right and else and, and, really and this is why someone like donald trump doesn't like to be laughed at i know i know there's a lot of reasons but yeah, yeah. because, because <laughs> if a... you laugh at him you're undermining his authority his respect
0: but he was always a clown before he was like you know he it yeah. doesn't
3: matter but even when he was a clown yeah. he was the clown in control right and he's the guy who's firing people on his show right so you cannot you can make fun of me uh, you cannot really make fun of me i'm the president yeah. I mean he doesn't have the idea or the um the concept of what does it mean to be a public servant. Sure. And this is why that was very apparent. He was the only president to break in tradition to say, "All right, I'm not going to come to the uh correspondence dinner, good luck have fun." Yeah.
0: No, I know. I I believe me. I you know, I feel it every day. It's driving me nuts. But they when when someone like Sisi comes in, we didn't really talk about cuz he he was during your last season, that was when he came to power, correct? Yeah. Or, and you know, the it was interesting the 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 theatrics of him that like it, it's almost it's almost uh, a farce that you know the sunglasses the whole the whole business you know when you look at it it's like people really believe that that, that means
3: something. Yeah. This is uh, this is what powers mean to them. Yeah.
0: So did you feel at that time that your life was in danger?
3: I I think the whole time I was in denial, post traumatic stress or denial. I happen? was in denial to actually believe that my life would be in danger. Yeah, because I couldn't function. If you felt that, if I, I couldn't function, I couldn't write jokes. I couldn't be on the show. I can. I, I, I mean, because I mean, despite you know your
0: your chipper disposition and the detachment, I mean, I found it kind of uh, uh, you know impressive and and uh, and uh, you know it seemed very courageous that that, you know, you continue to do a show at all.
3: Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it was funny. We were doing the show and we were betting which show will be the last one. Uh-huh. But you we, didn't we, think... we, we were being in a nihilistic state of mind.
0: But when they put your, your, your partner, your producer's father in prison for no reason, did you see that as a signal to you?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely a signal. And I thought that, like, if I continue doing a good show, having a high rating, that would somehow protect me protect you and what about your family were there were there threats uh no uh, but they were always worried yeah I mean okay you really have to define what threats mean are you talking about online threats no are you talking about Twitter or whatever because I have that all the time
0: no of course no yeah. no I'm talking about being visited by the military
3: no I was visited by uh in the theater by a friend i had a friendly visit by someone from the intelligence oh yeah offering his help Uh Uh uh-huh and And that was kind of like "Ah, we're watching you yeah yeah hi how are you yeah yeah
0: Yeah. so now when the show goes down when you're done and now uh, was there public outcry or were they not able to do that really
3: not able it's basically on the internet Okay. So, as a matter of fact, many of them were angry at me. You pussy, come back and fight! And seriously, what are you going to do for me? You're just like there on Twitter and Facebook, and not doing anything.
0: Yeah, you did. There was some pushback in the sense that you know, once you were off the air, what what were you supposed to do? Hit the streets? I mean, what like what did they expect from you? You had no control over. The yeah. uh, I mean the
3: outlet. I mean, it's just like as if you're saying like, oh, as if you are coming back to the age of Hitler and Mussolini. And like, why did you stop making fun of the Fuhrer or why of Mussolini? Go back, yeah. go back, make fun of il Duce. It's like, what are you going to do if something happened to me? I'm just gonna write angry tweets. Yeah, yeah, supporting you. that was bound to happen. I mean, it's just like, I mean, but you did, you but you
0: did not want to stay engaged with any sort of resistance. I mean, there was other ways, I imagine, or you're telling me there's no resistance at all.
3: But, I mean, the resistance are, I mean, I have to be very um, realistic here and say the resistance is crushed. And they, uh, you at the end of the day, you have a critical mass. But the critical mass of people, if they're not supported by the people, they will be squashed. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, if you just have the same 10, 12 people moving masses and they're getting crushed and the people just don't move a finger and they're just like behind their computer screens, so basically fuck them. I'm. i I'll, I'll be very honest. Yeah. I mean, the, and the fact is that you just can't. And I. I mean, I would. I never posed my. I, I never posed or, or never like presented myself as a political activist. But like, <clears throat> uh, you try to resist with the tools that you have, which is political satire. Yeah and uh if you end up being crushed every time and people just sitting there asking you to do more and when you go into the street uh, or go, uh, when you get imprisoned, you just like they have like a whole kind of hashtag supporting you Fuck that yeah there are so many people that i know who are in the uh, they, they have their family destroyed they are in prison and the hashtag didn't do anything to them and um uh, and of course people so why don't you continue doing it from youtube from outside yeah so, well i was doing it from a tv show from inside What happened? Did it change anything? Nothing. You just want someone to be your catharsis, your outlet to just like laugh laugh your ass off, hoping that this will change the regime. It will not. Right. You got to get into the streets. I mean, I can't ask them to do that. Right. Because it's too dangerous to them, too. I mean, I don't have a solution. I don't have an answer. Yeah. I'm just a guy i'm, I'm just a guy who does joke uh-huh. i i am not a fucking Nelson Mandela, right i understand
0: so when so you saw the 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 lawsuit you know as as that was how they were gonna punish you
3: yeah because the lawsuit is like just like a way an indirect way to put you down without
0: and that was the, your second network Yes. Suing you for content they no, couldn't. No, no,
3: that, that's the second the, the network that shut me down after one episode. That's my second season. But not uh, the, the, the regional network, not, not, not the, regional, the Saudi right now. No, the Egyptian network. one.
0: And what was the lawsuit specifically?
3: Uh oh my god, it's just they shut me down. Yeah. And then we went to arbitration. And there's no way that I would lose the arbitration because the one the, the one who shut me down and yet the arbitration find a way to hold me responsible and I found myself like owning them hundred million pounds, which is like at that time fifty million dollars.
0: 50 million dollars 15 oh 15 million dollars for, for a lot first oh yeah it's a lot for a season that you couldn't do for yeah
3: yeah because i left them and i went to another episode like i was just like where well, you know I, because i had to go to another episode uh, network. another network i had to get out of that contract right so i get i i made all of the legal steps i thought we thought we were right and then they just like i was screwed
0: so okay so it comes down so that's in court and then you know you're told that you lose and you're on the hook
3: for 15 million dollars yes and you just leave i escaped yeah the verdict was at 12 noon and i escaped at five were you
0: were you prepared for that
3: no i was I, I i just took two food suitcases and head to the airport
0: really you you didn't in your mind you're like well if this comes down this way i'm gonna go you just you decided that day
3: yeah I didn't decide that day. I mean the lawyers are like you have to leave fucking now yeah, because this is a way they're going to use to either put you on a no fly list so you better go out before the door, that door is shut or it's a way for them to put you in prison
0: and you took your family
3: no I traveled alone yeah. and then they followed after a few weeks
0: they didn't hold them no hmm. so they kind of wanted you out maybe Or they would have, you know, made it hard for your family. I would have thought.
3: Maybe I don't know. I don't know how these regimes work. We we need to talk to the guy who's giving the orders. Oh yeah, (laughs) they're always very forthcoming. Yeah. (laughs)
0: So you come here, you do the thing at Harvard, you're in Dubai, you think you're going to stay in Dubai, but you still want to do comedy.
3: Yeah. And but, then you do the- But the only comedy that's offered to me is social comedy, like late night, stupid stuff. Right. And I, can't, I couldn't do that. I was offered lo- a shitload of money to do it, and then I just like, I couldn't, and then I left.
0: And so now you end up here in Los Angeles, the home of show business, with your wife, and now two children. Do you have two children?
3: Yeah. One of them is five, and one of, one of them is five years, and the other one is five days. Oh you must be tired <laughs> <A> bit, yes
0: <laughs> and what have you been doing in the states I mean you what do you just kicking well, around or?
3: i I have my own one-man show that I take it around and I uh, it's kind of uh, uh, chronicles the the Egyptian revolution through the eyes of the media mm-hmm uh it's a fun show and where I do you do that generally uh it depends so so i do it university campuses i performing arts theaters oh yeah yeah
0: you doing okay with that
3: oh yeah i'm doing okay yeah. and, and i wrote the book and did the and then we had the uh is the book out the book is out since march it's mm-hmm. called revolution for dummies and uh and uh, so mean and so i'm doing that which is putting food on the table which is great uh, but like in the meantime, I'm doing what every Hollywood resident is doing, waiting for the big break. So I'm working on projects, writing scripts, pitching ideas, pitching, uh, attending meetings, which is like, you know, Hollywood is a life of rejection until something big happens. But you were a national hero. I know. And I could actually <laughs> stay and, and use that for my uh i could have actually stayed and do a shitload of money there but i chose to come here and start from zero
0: so that well that's the odd thing that if you it, it, did that play into it that if you would have stayed and you would have had a television show whether it was out of dubai or on a regional network that went into egypt and you were neutered you were you know you could no longer do political satire that's almost like a different
3: type of prison yeah i i would still like earn shitload of money
0: but people who who thought that you know the ones that said you pussy you know why are you leaving then if you were on tv doing nothing they that would have been like almost like watching a brainwashed
3: person absolutely Uh, uh, as you said neutered as you said but it's always it's not it just i I don't and i don't do that out of like patriotic uh, beliefs or anything it's just like this is not this is not how satire works Right. It's going to be something different. It is like having, it is something also I couldn't do. Yeah. It is like having LeBron James, all right, why don't you play football? It's like, I don't, I I can't. Right. That's not my thing.
0: Now, when you perform here, do
3: you get a good reaction? Yeah. I mean, uh, they're very successful, uh, mo- almost sold out, uh, theaters, uh, mixed, uh, audience of Arab and, and non-Arabs, which is great. And do you have, do you, ha- what's your experience with American Egyptians in terms of, uh, you know? Well, most of the people I met here, are wonderful people. Yeah. And, uh, uh, very, very good people. And I was, I'm blessed to have, to have met uh, amazing friends here in Los Angeles.
0: Are there any Egyptian Americans that,
3: uh, are pro Sisi? there are many yeah there are many and there are many Egyptian uh, Americans who are pro-Muslim brotherhood Uh uh-huh and hopefully I will stay away from both of these circles do they heckle you no but I was heckled uh, twice in London and in New York and it was, uh, these were people who were paid by the um, uh, Egyptian consulate to come and actually heckle me. And this is like, there is, a, and I know, I know that, so- that sounds that uh, a little bit made up, but there was an article in the New Yorker. Mm-hmm. It's called, Heckling the John Seward of Egypt. And I would like you to look it up. And there was like a, a, a reporter who followed me in one of my shows in New York. And he saw it firsthand. And how, how do you know
0: that? How do you know they were shills?
3: Uh, so I got a tip from or stooges, uh, I guess is the right word. Not exactly shills. stooges, yeah. yeah. And I got a tip from uh, some of my fans, and I said like, and they send me screenshots of the Facebook conversation that was happening, that how they were received orders to come and actually come and heckle me. And how did they interrupt? What did they say? They, every time I mentioned CC, they will like boo me or heckle me and whatever, and 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 at a certain point started to men or women both older uh, men and women and at a certain point they started to sing the Egyptian anthem Uh uh-huh and uh and the whole point of doing that was to take a clip of me losing my cool or take a, a a kind of a 30 seconds video by their phone for people heckling me and then they send it to the Egyptian state media and they played it and it was played the next day it was played in Egyptian there as a proof that how I am rejected by the patriotic um, Egyptians abroad. Did you lose your cool? I actually made fun of them. Oh yeah. You didn't seem you don't seem like a guy who loses his cool.
0: Sometimes on I do. On stage.
3: I mean one of them like uh, uh, in London like a woman and, and they had this on camera and as a matter of fact it actually turned against them. Yeah. So it's like so a woman's got you're a faggot she just like shouted at me in fact it's like so i stopped the show it's like excuse me did you just call me a faggot and it's like, yes i did it's like oh that's so lovely of you um how much you actually paid 50 s- sterlings to call me a faggot it's like yes it's like <laughs> that is the most expensive (laughs) faggot word I've ever heard of. And people just like laughed. And it it was like something that- It backfired. Backfired at them. Well, she copped uh, her being
0: paid. She admitted it. Yeah. Uh, All right, so you're out doing the thing that we all do here, trying to get a show on the air, coming up with ideas. Yeah. What about, uh, but it it never never occurred to you to, to go back to medicine? No. That's amazing.
3: It's behind me now. It's just like when at the age of 43, if you want to go back, you have to just like go back where you left off. So I have to go back seven years in time and do stuff that I stopped doing when I was 30. So much. You mean if you wanted to practice here? Yeah, it's just like I have to start from all over again. It's just like I can't. Just I'm too old for this shit. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I'm still too old for the thing I do now in entertainment. So I go to acting classes, writing classes, improv classes, and I'm always the oldest guy in the room. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but at least it's much more fun,
0: but does it does your ego miss national hero status? No no no
3: you can't you can't let your ego stand in the way of this so, because if you because the, if you let your ego stand in the way, you will it will hinder you from learning. and I'm here learning everything from the beginning.
0: Now it would seem to me that there would be a place for you on American television with your experience of authoritarian. Uh, you think? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Talk to those studio executives. Those assholes. They need to hire me.
3: But even as a correspondent, The Daily Show never reached out. Well, I mean, Daily Show, there it's already stacked, and I I want to do like I want to have my own voice. What, what are some of the
0: uh, what are you kind what kind of uh, what's the angle?
3: Well, I mean, maybe bringing international. Um, uh, perspective to what's happening not just in america but in the world a lot of even when people talk in america when talk about what's happening in the world you talk about it from an american, american point of view yeah maybe they did international perspective to talk about international issues to american people in a comedic way
0: yeah i think that's a good idea yeah and, and also there's and that's huge, the idea that i'm pitching <laughs> there's a huge international community as well
3: exactly and so, you
0: can, yeah and yeah, have you had any bites any interest
3: well, we are sitting in rooms having wonderful meetings, yeah. and uh, we just were. And it's <laughs> summer, so half of the executives are on vacation. So, it's it's it, this is Hollywood, this is television, and you just have to play the game.
0: You miss Egypt.
3: The Egypt I miss is not there anymore. Mm. Do you find good restaurant here? Oh, absolutely. I'm yeah. vegan, so this is heaven for me.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Are there good Egyptian restaurants here?
3: A couple. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? I mean, I mean the the thing is, I'm I'm not looking at Egyptian food as much as vegan food. So. No, I get it, I get it. But like you know, good hummus is good hummus. Uh, why are you guys so focused on hummus? You can get hummus from Whole Foods.
0: <laughs> no, I know, but like you know, like uh, like there, I don't know, I don't like. I'm trying to think if I know any really good Middle Eastern food uh,
3: restaurants. Mostly, here. we go to Lebanese. Lebanese cuisine uh-huh. is the best. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll keep it in mind. I'll keep yeah, it in
0: mind. Yes. Congratulations on
3: the new child. Thank you so much. (laughs) It was good talking to you. Yeah, his his name is Adam, Uh which is a TSA-friendly name. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Working the bits. Yes. Thanks, pal. Thank you. (laughs)
0: All right, that was me and Basim Youssef. Check out the documentary Tickling Giants. And remember, LA people, Sunday, October 29th at 7 p.m. Come see me and Brendan do our thing and sign your books at the Ann and Jerry Moss Theater in Santa Monica. Go to livetalksla.org to get tickets or go to the tour page of WTFpod.com. Fuck it, I'll play some guitar. <laughs>